0: Hey, everybody, it's your girl Lola with Lola Chronicles, and we're interviewing today with Miss Chanel Baptiste. How are you? I am doing very well. How are you? I'm doing good, Miss, your favorite no bullshit therapist. Tell me about yourself.
1: Well, I am Chanel Baptiste, your favorite no bullshit therapist. I have a private practice called Choosing Empowerment, and the focus in that private practice is to help provide access for marginalized and disenfranchised folks who usually have trouble getting to therapy. So we are barrier breakers. I'm out here trying to, you know, figure out whatever is in your way of getting the mental health help that you need. I'm trying to break the barrier down to get that, get you in here. You know, and stigma is one of the biggest barriers. And so having a black therapist and having somebody that looks like you, Um, having someone in the LGBTQ community that understands, you know, where you coming from, you know, coming from your neighborhoods, from, from the things that you experience on a regular basis, there's just some stuff you ain't got to explain to me, you know? So, uh, I want to create a practice. I continue to create a practice that invites folks that have trouble getting there.
0: So what made you decide to want to get into that?
1: Man, I've been wanting to be in the mental health field since I was like, I don't know, seven years old because <laughs> uh, I come from a family with a bunch of junk. Right.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: And so, um, my mom got divorced when I was about eight, but I remember around seven and, and I'm assuming, cause I don't remember a lot of it because of trauma, but I'm assuming around must, it must've been around seven where I was seeing some stuff or hearing some stuff or feeling some stuff, you know, Right. Um, at first, I said I wanted to be a child psychiatrist. I don't even know if I knew what a child psychiatrist was, um, but I'm sure whatever I saw on TV, I knew it was helping people. And apparently I was a sad kid, <laughs> you know, and I needed that help. So right. um, ever since I was little, I wanted like I and I always tell people that it. I don't even think it was the, a decision made by me, per se, as much as it was a gift given to me. You know, so I tell people I, I this is not what I do is who I am. Because if you see me in any other arena, like this is just this is just me. This is just me, you know. And so I went to school and nurtured that thing and got the degrees and the license and all that stuff, so I can do it professionally.
0: Because I was already doing it anyway. That's what's up, yeah. Cause you know, and we do as you know, as a as black individuals, it's hard for us to trust people to talk to, you know, I even Absolutely. considered getting myself a therapist because it's just, I feel like somebody told me they was like, well, how can you trust somebody you don't even know? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So a lot of us, we're afraid to talk, but it's like the confidence, mm-hmm. the confidence and yourself, when you try to step up and you know, like, okay, I need help mentally without being right. judged. Cause you know, you right. talk to your friends and your family, And you always judge Mm -hmm. by what you talk to them about. Or if you express your feelings, you know, it it can turn into something more than what it is. You know what I'm saying? Because Mm -hmm. we don't take the time to sit down and understand each other. So, absolutely. That's dope that, you know, that you've been doing this for so long and you knew at such a young age, like, this is what I want to do. I want to help people. Because as a Black society, we deal with mental health so much, but people don't want to talk about Mm -hmm. it. Yeah, no. absolutely. And and
1: the thing that you said a minute ago about, you know, how can I talk to somebody that don't, that I don't know, right? And it's because of the setup from our families and our friends. If they already taught us that we can't trust them and they're close to us, our, our general and, and overall mental mentality is, well, if I can't trust my people, I can't trust a stranger either, right? When it's just the opposite, that stranger, they don't know you. you know exactly is that a judge because my opinion at that point shouldn't be that valuable in your life that you should be able to just spill all your beans and be like okay it is what it is right and and that's the key to being able to go to a therapist because there is no judgment there shouldn't be any judgment because we human and i've seen some some things so because no no one is perfect and no profession is perfect but the premise is for you not to be in a, a place or a space where you are judged, right? There's no bias, right? Like, I don't know you personally. I'm not close to the situation. It's like I have people all the time, I'm like, can you be my therapist? No, bro, you my brother. You my cousin. You, you my best friend. No, I can't be your therapist because I'm too close to the situation. I got personal feelings involved, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so You come and tell me about your bro, and I'm like, you, uh, know you don't like him, I don't like. right, Exactly. <laughs> you, you don't like him, them. I don't like him. Right. You know what we, I'm saying? And we tend and to do so, that. But as, right, as a therapist, though, I don't have any stake in one end or the other, right? I can mm-hmm. be non-partial. And I can say, okay, let's look at just the facts of the situation. And, and I am high accountability. And when I talk with no bullshit, that's what I mean. I'm high accountability. And I'm not going to sugarcoat things. And I'm gonna be like, is that what you want? Is that, so how, how that making you feel? Like, you know, the, like the Dr. Phil, you always say, how's that working for you? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like if it's not working in your favor, it's my job to help you see that objectively because you in it. Right. You know? And so that, that I have kind of pluck you out of it and be like, okay, look at it from the outside. Would you tell your friend, would you talk to your friend? Like you talk to yourself? You know? And so it's just asking those insightful questions and all that then sometimes your best friend ain't got, got that. Your sister ain't got that. Your mom ain't got that. And most of the time, it's the people that's closest to you that's causing the issues anyway.
0: Yes, so very true. Like I had an issue last night with a friend and I don't feel like we're going to be able to get that communication. It's like it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a blockage somewhere in there where right. she feel a certain way, I feel a certain way. And it's just like we gonna keep bumping heads about it, or it's just like brushing under the rug type situation. And I'm right. getting a, I'm getting to a point in my life now that I'm tired of brushing things under the rug, but yeah. I'm also learning when not to say nothing. So it's like it's it's a tit for tat for me. It's hard, and right. I do you know I felt like I'm glad that I got to meet you because maybe you might become my no bullshit therapist. But do what you, know? you gotta do. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> <You know. laughs>
1: You know, because the idea is, is like, like you say, in that situation, some stuff ain't worth your energy. Once you recognize because sometimes we outgrow people, you know what I'm saying? you're on your journey, you're healing yourself, you're doing your thing and all that, and you got to recognize that everybody can't come with you. yeah, and that's the hardest thing for us to understand, you know, and because as you heal, you naturally elevate. you actually feel more confident to do the things you want to do or get into the things you love or, you know, step out on faith and start doing things that you wasn't doing when you was living in fear and all that. And if they're not doing that same work for themselves, then literally you got to leave them behind. Your conversation is going to be different. Your mentality is different, you know, and so how can they relate with you anymore? Right. Right. And that's the hardest thing that you
0: got to grieve that relationship. You got to let it go. Yeah, because then some people I feel like we don't understand when it that we might be the problem sometimes too. You know, it could be that oh, person absolutely. or it could be ourselves. We never, you know what I'm saying? So I'm trying to learn how right. to take accountability for my actions as well and how I handle things. Um absolutely. Why do relationships do? are twofold, they're reciprocal. Yeah, true. And it's hard. It's hard sometimes when you gotta let people go. It's very hard when you gotta let people go sometimes. It's the so what do you yeah, feel and like as, that? Thing is, is to, and,
1: and go ahead. I think we got a delay.
0: I think so too. But it's okay. But what do you feel like as a black community that we struggle with the most self-worth, when it comes to our mental health?
1: Self esteem. Self worth, self self esteem, um, self value. We don't value ourselves enough. Um, mm. and it's not necessarily our fault because that's what they teach us. <laughs> you know, they teach us not to like our bodies and not to like our skin and not to like our hair, you know, and be this way and be that way. You know, you should look like the popular folk or whatever the case may be. You know, um, I, I'm not against anybody altering their bodies if that's what they choose to do, but when you reach a point that you want to alter to the extent that I need to look like this person, or I need to look like, so you're not admiring and appreciating the body that you have. Right. You mm-hmm. know, and, and I, and I grew up, you know, I, I've always been heavy. I've been heavy since I was about 12. Um, and my mother did not help that heaviness cause she called me fat all the time. You know, and she was all in the, by the time when I gained that weight, I was on a diet period. And so I became obsessed with my body type and what I looked like and all that kind of stuff. Now I've been healthy my entire life. <laughs> you know, every time I go to the doctor, blood pressure. Good. this good. They, they look at me sideways. Like you don't have no, I don't have no health issues, dude. You know, I can move, mm-hmm. I can exercise and all that, you know, now my age is getting to me now and stuff like that, but I've always been heavy but healthy and stuff like that. Um, But my mom had in my head that I wasn't necessarily attractive, or you know. So I had this body image deal. But it's because of looking at and for my mother, it was a health issue, right? Yeah. Uh, My mom, I'm five two. My mom was four eleven, you know. And she had had a a season in her life where she was really healthy and 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 I mean, uh, heavy and also unhappy at the same time, which I think was causing her to be heavy. Um, so much of our physical stuff is connected to our mental, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think just our quest in not loving ourselves the way we are and trying to be like other people and trying to be somebody else and not, you know, just not having our value in ourselves, right? Mm Because when you don't have value in yourself, you don't make good choices for yourself. You're trying sure. to fill empty spaces, empty holes, and spaces where your parents left. And and parenting is not a perfect art, right? You know, you're learning as you go, and we're usually using information from my parents. Either you're repeating the same, or you're trying to pick out the stuff that was good and use that, and leave the stuff behind. But how do I? How do I do that? We don't know. We exactly, it's all trial error, right? and error, right? stuff like that. And so, it, it's we're gonna cause some sort of damage, right? But as adults, it's our job to heal the inner child that didn't get what they needed. But instead, we start looking for somebody else to fill those spaces. You know, I didn't get enough hugs as a kid, and that's my love language. So I need somebody to touch me all the time. Well, then you end up with people touching you that you really don't want to be touched by. (laughs) You know, because that's the attention that you're seeking. You're true. And And you wind up in situations. You wind up in situations that, like, you don't really want to be in. But you feel comfortable in them because that's how you used to being loved, or, the, or that's what you used to missing, you know. And so we end up in relationships that are are not good for us, you know. Um, Then we depressed, then we sad, then we anxious, or you mm-hmm. know. Uh, I tell couples all the time. Usually, it's your you got two different people from two, two different upbringings coming into the same. Also, oh yeah, we love each other, but your trauma and their trauma about to be fighting.
0: Exactly. So do you feel like childhood trauma can turn into adulthood trauma? Oh,
1: it definitely does. It transfers. If you don't heal it, then it's still there. That that child that, that's still living in you because you get stuck at whatever traumatic age emotionally, mm-hmm. your chronologically, you're still growing, you're still aging, but that kid in you that's still hurting is still there, and you'll see that person come out when you're in a crisis situation, when when you're being hurt, or when you or that child is trying to protect you from experiencing the same kind of stuff that they did as a kid, you know. And so that childhood trauma in the child work is like key to me, you know. I can always pull somebody back to okay, when did you first start feeling this way? You know, I had one client that his general language was disrespect. I was disrespected and, and I can't handle people. I was like, when was the first time you felt disrespected? Right. And so he had to take that back to that first feeling. Right. And realize even as then he started having to bring it back further than that. Like even as a kid, he wasn't respected because especially in black households, we grow up in households where you're supposed to be singing and not heard. You don't have a voice. You don't get to tell me that you don't have no opinion, you know, um, you're not allowed to be sad or depressed. or so you don't have feelings either. You know, I'm going to tell you how to feel, what to do, how to do it, you know, and it's power and control where that dynamic comes from slavery because we were, we would exactly. have been, you know, there was power and control upon us. So that's, that's what we learned. So we just carried that. When we, when we became free, we used that same strategy on our kids. And now we're just starting to break free from that and recognize like that's harmful, but that's
0: just that's that's that generational trauma, passing it along, along, along. How do you feel we can try to put a stop to those generational traumas? You know, like like as far as me, I've been through a lot as a kid. And it's like listening to you, it's like uh, maybe I am carrying this weight from a, a child. How can I prevent myself from putting this burden on my child? Awareness.
1: Oh, you got, you gotta become aware of it, right? Um when we learn past, um, and of course I'm I'm fortunate enough to to be aware of it because I always wanted to be in the field, right? And so I'm always looking at it, studying it. Don't it don't it don't mean I ain't made the same kind of mistakes, right? Because my mama, my mama was a yeller, I'm a yeller, <laughs> you know. Me too. And so, so, I'm a yeller. Right. And so I have to be aware of that, right? Um After some time, um, I recognized in my marriage that I was depressed. And so I sought help during that time. And I got some medication. Um, I eventually started doing therapy. And, you know, I started just checking my own stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And all that. And it started helping me to discover those empty pieces and, you know, what I was seeking and why I wasn't leaving a situation that was miserable for me, right? You know, because like I say, you stay stuck in those places and all that. Um and I I tried to pull my ex-husband my husband at the time into it, right? And he he made his small effort or whatever. We still wind up being divorced. But it every time there's a situation that doesn't go in the way we want it to go, then we need to sit back and look at the situation. Like you said earlier, what part is me? What part is me? I, I I got a teenager that's yelling and screaming at me, but what part is me? Was right. I not listening to her? Was I not, you know, engaging enough? Like, what did I do? What was my part, right? My kids talk talk all the time about, you know, my, my, my facials. <laughs> Everybody says so <laughs> about my facials all the time. And it, why, why are you looking like that? I'm like, like what? Like what? This is my regular face. Right. Uh, but I had an RBF that I didn't recognize I had. And it made me look mean. And it made me look unapproachable. So even my kids started going, uh, you approachable, (laughs) you know,
0: uh, are you focused?
1: Are you upset? You thinking about something, you know, but my awareness helped with their awareness. Right. And I'm open with my kids. I talk about everything. Right. And especially mental health stuff. Like I, if I see a a, a mood switch in anybody in my house, are you good? Can you talk about something? you Okay. You know, so it's about being aware and cognizant of, you know, the people that you're around. I talk to my kid. My kids know all of my traumas. You know, they know every essay. They know uh, all of my mama stuff. Like, they know everything. They know how I feel about not having a father present. They know everything and how that affects me. And I process with them like I process with my therapist, Right. Um, just awareness, right? So that if I'm, if they see a mood switch, like one of them will come in the room and be like, you need to talk about something, you know, having that support surrounding you, yeah. but you have to create that, right? Because I didn't come from a family that had that level of support
0: around each other, right? That's what I was going to um, say, too. I didn't, I didn't come up with that type of, I mean, my grandparents raised me and aunts and stuff because my mom, she was on drugs. So she wasn't around like that. Okay. And so me becoming a mother, I'm trying to be there, but it's like sometimes I'm scared. My daughter's 10. So when is when do you yeah. think it's the proper age to unload that on her? You know, because sometimes our kids can adapt to our pain and begin to try to carry it themselves, you know. So when is the proper age to sit down and have those type of conversations with your kids? They
1: come as needed. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't sit down on my kid and be like, okay, let me tell you all my drama. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> they happen as they happen, right? You know, when you recognize, hey, I'm yelling, I'm screaming, that wasn't cool. I don't like how I felt after that. I know my baby don't like how, how, how that went. And you know, when you go in and and, and be a grown ass woman and apologize and be like, you know what, mom, sorry for yelling at you like that. You know, I was feeling this. Because our kids need to see us as human, right? You know. I was feeling frustrated, I was feeling agitated, you know, uh, mama got stuff going on, Um, you know, like there's a thousand things, you know, that you can talk to your kid about in that moment that's age appropriate, of course, you know, we're not trying to, you know, we're not trying to overwhelm them and give them information they don't need, but you definitely want to be honest, right? Because if you're being honest about your feelings, that's, that means they're safe to be honest about theirs. You know, the next time she got an attitude, you know, she might come back to you and be like, mom, I'm sorry, I had attitude earlier, but I was frustrated about this, this or this or somebody messing with me at school or I'm not doing well in my work. You know, so it's teaching, it's teaching her how to identify those feelings and figure out where they really come from, because that's all we be doing is projecting, you know. Oh Lord, right, the bills do. Uh, I can't pay the rent this month. I'm stressed out. And then that kid coming and ask for ice cream. You're like, get the F out of my face. You right. know, but yeah, true. that wasn't for them. That was because you mad about your situation. Right. Mm. And so there has to be an awareness. I tell my kids that I'm feeling some type of way. I'm going in my room. Please don't bother me. I need to process some things or I need to be alone. I need to isolate whatever it is so that i'm not taking that out on you right (laughs) and i especially learned that i have a a bipolar 2 diagnosis okay and that the and and i realized i was so agitated all the time and my kids had to point it out to me because i started some medication and so i would ask them i was like is it working? Am I different? And it was like, oh yeah, yeah. You keep taking that. Take, you come <laughs> home and You like, why is the flow on the flow? Right. You know. And I'm like, okay, I'm glad that's working, right? Um, but like I said, because they're aware, and I talked to them about it, I I didn't go and get my diagnosis and didn't say a word to them, and just start taking medicine, right? Um, my mom did a lot of that with her physical health that we knew nothing about right? They didn't tell us any of those things, but having the awareness, you know, and I know we're afraid to tell our kids because we're like, you know, I don't want to worry them. They're worried anyway. They right. see your behaviors. Yeah. They see the changes. They, kids, kids can see all the things, you know, parents be like, oh yeah, because we're not getting along and we just, we just stand together for the kid. The kid know y'all not getting along. They see it, they feel it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so you're not hiding anything. It's best to have an open conversation. And and process it with them, you know, see how they feeling about it. You know, do they need do they do they need to cry about a thing or process a thing and all that kind of stuff? I just think communication is a thing we don't use enough of and it 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 helps everything, right? Just being honest. Like I say, age appropriate, of course,
0: but honest, right? You know, true. that's very true. That I think that's true. That, that's very true because you know. And a lot of people, we are afraid to, you know, communicate with our kids because then what, what I tell my daughter all the time, I ain't your homegirl, you know. Right. <laughs> I had to learn how to, you know, like maybe she feel, because certain ways, you know, you have to have boundaries on how we right, talk to Because I tell her in a minute, I ain't your now. take that bop out your neck now, I ain't your homegirl. But we can talk, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Because she'd get lost in the story and then it'd be like, oh, like, wait a minute, we ain't on recess. I'm still your mama now. I got to, you know, bring it back, bring it back. But then I try not to be so hard because I don't want her to close up on me either. Because it's hard for her to express her feelings. And uh, kids go through a lot that we don't even know. Thank you. Thank you. I'm learning that. And and it's it's getting worse and worse now.
1: You know, we went through a lot of stuff as kids ourselves. These kids be stressed out. All the time, all the time, over the simplest of things, right? Yeah, they had they need a space, a safe space to be able to talk about those things. I tell my kids, I I'm I'm friendly, but I'm not your friend.
0: Exactly.
1: That's how I separated. it. You know, I hmm. can surprising. listen, we can talk, and all that. Just don't forget I'm your mama. Don't forget I'm your mama. So you know. You can talk to me freely, but not exactly like you talk to your friends. <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, yeah. there's certain details of situations I
0: don't want to know. <laughs> you you know don't yeah, keep and that and to that. yourself. You know, like different. my
1: youngest is like seventeen,
0: right? Okay, um,
1: I have adopted kids who are all grown. I have one biological daughter who's twenty two, and yeah, and when I say we talk about everything, we talk about everything, sex, everything, right? And so. When she's coming to me, and 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 as a twenty-two year old taking care of herself, like I told her, we could be more friends once I'm not taking care of you, right? Because we're on a different level then, right? Right. And stuff. And I just treat her like in a, like any other adult, right? But she still has that reverence. She still has that respect for me as her mother, right? Um, we tease all the time. I was like, Boy, I'm gonna fight you. She was like, And I'm not gonna fight you back because you're my mom. I'm just gonna fall on the ground and fall in the fetal position because I'm not gonna hit my mom.
0: <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> you know? Yeah, true, and you know, all that.
1: Even though, like, she's taller than me, she can take my knees out at any time if she wanted to, right? It's the <laughs> right? It's the reverence. And so, um, I think parents think they're looking for obedience and they think they're looking for. You know, this level of respect that like I'm the boss, but what you're looking for is reverence. You want respect, but respect is not demanded, it's earned, right? Mm, right, right. I had to I had to teach her that I was worthy of that respect, mm. right? Because if I hadn't been there for, then, then you just came from my uterus and that was it, right? It's the right. difference between being a mother, right, and, and nurturing your kid. And, and you know, I mean, and popping out of ovary and getting it fertilized. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying like you know, like like they say with me, you could be a sperm donor or you can be a, or you can be a dad, right? That, so that's that. the relationship building part, you know. um I didn't have much time to build that relationship with my adopted girls because they were all teenagers pretty much uh, when we adopted them. But I did my best to still build those relationships, right? Mm-hmm. And stuff. And just let you know, hey, here's what, what what nurturing looks like. Here's you know what caring about you looks like and all that. Um and that's all you can do is to do your best to build that relationship. The best thing I think we can do as parents, though, is think about yourself in that kid's position. What did I need when I was 10?
0: and then give it to him. yeah and see i i struggle with that because at 10 i needed a mother and then it's like i didn't have that so me trying to become me being this mother like i love my daughter to death and would would, would give her whatever i can you know yeah but it's like certain things we bump heads like i tell her dad all the time um because he's in prison so he'd be like is y'all getting along out there and I'll be like, not today. We not right. Yeah. You no. Know, yeah. But you know what? That's relationships. <laughs> we ain't gonna get along every day. I Sometimes agree. you can't
1: stand them, and they can't stand you, and that's all right. You know, yes. at the end of the day, is their love, right? I I try not to go to bed upset with my kids. I try not to go to bed upset at all because that messes with your brain, you right, know, and your body, and and your spirit, right, and all that. But like. Me and my 17 like, she just spitting me, though. My 17-year-old, my like, that's my twin. You know, I saw a meme one time. It was like, anybody else trying to parent yourself out of your kid? Yup. Yeah.
0: <laughs> or if you ever got mad at your kids for doing what you be doing. <laughs> that right there. That
1: right there. You know, and I'm like, oh, that is so much me. That is so much me. You know, and so because she's so much like me, I can see myself in her, Right. But I also, I I don't just see the good stuff. I see the bad stuff in me too, right? And that's the stuff I'm trying to parent out. But that's the stuff that I need to be able to appreciate. That's a part of me too. Let me teach her how not to be mean. Let me teach her how not to be, because those are are traits that we all have, right? And, And they might be displaying those things and you don't like them, but that's that's you. That's That's your DNA, like, you know, it might be a daddy DNA that you, you trying to parent out. Cause I've done that a thousand times too. Like, boy, you just like your daddy right now, and that's not what's what, why we're not together. Okay. And I still how
0: like, to deal with this, you know. Yes.
1: You know that.
0: But I make jokes and tell my her.
1: therapist helped me with that. And was like, you know what? Your DNA is not the only one that they have. You
0: know, we have to get reminded of that sometimes because being mothers, we fully just, just cover them in response. This is my baby. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And yep. then I I tell her, when we bump heads sometimes, she laughs at me because I would be like, you know what? You your daddy's son. Yeah. <laughs> you your <daddy's> <laughs> son. <laughs> my girls, like, you your son. your daddy's son. She be like, mm-hmm. I know, boy. I know. But right now, you acting like you're your son. So it's like, so I get where you coming from, where you say that it's two, you know, we got to remember that it's two DNAs, you know? Yeah. Because as mothers, we get to that point where, no, this is my baby. We right. do that off-risk, right. you know what I'm saying? This yeah, is my, this especially is my. if you're the
1: primary parent. Especially you're if
0: you're a right. primary parent.
1: And, and so think... you're thinking, I'm pouring all this into them and I'm yeah. pouring all this into them, you know. And my older child, she is like, the, the, the little one is just like me, the older one is just like her daddy. And so there are even character traits that I'm like, bruh, if you don't kill that noise, you know, <laughs> but I gotta accept that about her, right? Mm-hmm. And she have to recognize if it's a character flaw, right? She have to recognize... You Know and for both of them, what helps them a lot, um, is you know being around that parent because they have to look at me too when they're around me and say, Okay, how am I like my mama and what things about my mama am I like that I don't like that I want to change, mm. right? Because again, we are not perfect people, right? right? And so, you know, I don't like the fact that you know you yell every time you get upset, so I don't want to do that, I'm gonna change that. In me, right, um and so for both of them being able to see their daddy, you know, face it, because like, my youngest one, I sent her to him. She was cutting up, and I just couldn't take it no more. I'm like, right, you know, you be by your daddy, um, but she was able to look at him and see that the traits that she had that she didn't like that were his, and she's but but it was mirroring, right? Mm-hmm. It was the mirror. And all that, um, and my older daughter is the same. Like, and like I told, her, I said that has great characteristics and great traits. If he works to continue to work on himself, right, and all that, because if you don't work on the stuff, you can't see those great traits. You know, I married him for a reason. I saw things. I could, I could see the good stuff in him, right. But a person has to be willing to work on themselves and grow, right. Right. I had an attitude problem. I used to talk to my husband crazy. I, you know what I'm saying? I used to do crazy stuff too because of my upbringing or whatever. I had to work on those things and better myself so I could be a better person, a better wife, a better mother, a better friend, a better employee, and now a great entrepreneur. Right? right. And all that, and still working, always working. You will never arrive. You gonna always be trying to elevate, always working on yourself. As Soon as I thought I was finished with all the, the drama and trauma from my mama, something else would come up, and I'm like, I was done with that.
0: Yeah, I, thought I was I done that, with that. That that's, and I understand that. Like you know, like I said, I want to try therapy once because it just maybe just unload it all. And then sometimes, yeah. my daughter, I want both of us to try it because. She holds in like I do. She, I mean, it's just like, boom. And you'd be like, what's wrong? Nothing. It's like, something yeah. wrong. I can see something is wrong. You don't want to talk about it. And then right. it's like, you, well, maybe talk I don't about know yours, though. How to talk to her about it. Do you talk about yours? No.
1: Well, she, you, you taught her that. You taught her that behavior. If you don't talk about yours, she ain't going to talk about hers. She don't, she don't deem it as safe. And we're their example. If mama says it ain't say like like if you go into an environment with your kid, you holding their hand, they're using you as a guide to determine what's safe and what's not safe. So it's the same thing emotionally, right? If mama don't never talk about her stuff, no, we keep our business to ourselves, we don't talk to nobody about nothing. We keep our stuff in, right? Because we don't trust nobody. You can't trust nobody, right? And how you gonna build relationships if you don't try to trust nobody? You have to be vulnerable. Right, you have to be vulnerable, but it's hard to be vulnerable if your mama wasn't there teaching you, right? You know, yeah. if my mama and we are taught like if your mama, loved, and, and, you know, what they say, uh, mama's baby's daddy, maybe or whatever, uh, yeah. like your mama gonna always love you. I don't care how jacked up you are, you can go to jail, you can murder somebody, it don't matter. Your mama love you regardless. So, if you had a mama that that wasn't there, then instantly your self value is like, man. My mama couldn't even get it together for me, you know, and stuff like that. So that's instant, right? And you had grandparents that took care of the business, right?
0: But it Mm -hmm. still wasn't
1: your mama. You know, I love my adopted kids. Like, they came from my womb, but I wasn't their mama. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know, when they got 18 and they was old enough, they went and found their mom, and They still want that love. They still want her to do what it is she should have done. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not mad about that. You know, like I told them, I'm not in competition with your mama. You know, God sent me to, to raise you or get you out of the system and do what needs to be done and show you love and all that kind of stuff. Love your mama. Respect your mama. You know, don't let your mama mess over you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But there's a difference with that. Because I've it, it, loved everybody I've ever loved, but I ain't gonna let them mess over me. You know, I know how to love you from way over there.
0: Right. And see, I'm learning that. I'm learning. I'm learning how to love from way over there, you know, because some things just become drainful and it it gets tiresome. And, you know, and it's just like it it becomes tiresome, draining. And then, you know, now you down and, and I'm ready to uplift myself. So it's like and then this is all I know. So I'm turning to the point to where, like, it's hard for me because I'm like, well, I'm gonna be by myself.
1: I yeah. by, I'm going to be by
0: myself. you will be by yourself. And right. we wasn't meant to be by ourselves. we mm-hmm. made,
1: We not built for that. we built for community. We are all connected. We are all connected. Right? So uh, how are you going to do it by yourself? You're like, I had to learn the same thing. You know, my, my mama wasn't there for me emotionally. My mom was on drugs for a, a while. When she wasn't on drugs, she was a workaholic because she had to because she was a single parent you know, but she was barely truly present, you know, and she had her own trauma she had never dealt with. Right. So emotionally, she wasn't able to really be there and all that. I was raising her kids, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And all that. So I'm parentified, um, you know, and and in one sentence, I'm her best friend because her and her mama did not have much relationship. So what she tried to do was overcompensate that with me. And I was like her best friend. My mama was like my friend, except when she needed to discipline me, then she became my mama. Right? right. Well, that's confusing for me. I don't understand. Yeah. I thought it was cool. <laughs> you know what right, I'm saying? Right, right, right. And all that. So, you know, you got to decide which one you want to be and all that. So so that's conflicted for me. Like I say, plus when she's not able, she's depressed, she's, you know, using or whatever, whatever. But well, I'm taking care of my siblings. You know, the only two... Two one was two years, two and a half years younger than me, the other one four and a half years younger than me. Like, but I'm raising them. I'm taking care of their needs, right? And stuff like that. And so that that, you know, that caused some dissension with me and my when I got out of my mama's house, I was I was like, I wanna be gone. I don't wanna do this, right? Duh, nah. just... You know, I even told my siblings, I was like, so if um uh, if ever comes a time that uh mama needs to live with somebody. She can't live with me. I will funnel you whatever, however much money you need to help she take care she got
0: to go with one of y'all. But she
1: can't live with me. She got to live with y'all, but I help y'all take care. Of,
0: you know, know you like because
1: I recognize I couldn't do that. I know I couldn't do that, right? Mm-hmm. And stuff. And recognizing who she is and how she is. But because she had not been there for me, I learned how to be toxically independent. You know, yeah. I don't trust nobody. I got this. You ain't got to worry about that. And that was part of an issue in my marriage is that, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I, I love you, but I don't really, I don't really need all that. You know what I'm saying? I got this, I got that. I take care of this, I take care of that. But then I also taught people how to take care of me, how to teach people how to treat you, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and teaching people that I'm so independent that I don't need nobody, it left me alone. Cause, you know, I'm a
0: strong friend, right? Like, right. Check on the strong, f- right? She did. <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, you know, all right. Yeah, I, I hate being a strong friend sometimes because when I start to express myself, it's a problem. You know, I can't, I can't have an emotion. I can't. I know, I know what to do way. with it. You know, I can't, I mm-hmm. can't express myself because then when I do, are you tripping? Are you? But I mean, I got <laughs> feelings too. You know what I'm saying? Like that's right. They get hurt. I get upset, and I don't say mm-hmm. I, I don't say nothing, and then I'm working on stop waiting till something happens for me to explode, but you know, right. it's just like, Hey, y'all expect me to be the courageous lion. I mean, I'm a Leo. I know we wear it gracefully, but it's just the point like, dang, all right, Leo. Expect- my daughter Leo. <laughs> yes, I'm a Leo. Woo-woo. And it's like, y'all expect me to be this, this, this strong, strong person to have no emotions and to listen to y'all problems all the time. But when it's my turn, Y'all, 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 you know, ain't nobody listening. Let me call you right back. Or I'm not supposed to have feelings. <laughs> right. So, yeah. you know, yeah. I feel like that takes a toll on people too, you know, mentally. Because they feel like they can't be heard. And then we explode. And then we we tripping. We go, you know what I'm saying? And this, that, and the third. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly.
1: So as a stronger person, and, and like I say, everybody has their different levels of resilience. And some of us are just better at it, right? But that don't mean we don't need nobody, you know? And so you have to start surrounding yourself with people who pour into you as much as you pour out. Right? Mm. Because we're also the same people that will give the shirt off our back. We're the same people, you know, that that will, will give our heart. What, what you need, man? What you need? I got you, right? And stuff like that. But people can't. And, and I, I I used to say people don't. People can't. They can't reciprocate. It's capacity. They don't have the ability to do as we do. And so we can't expect them to be us. Right. Mm. We can't expect it. But we can surround ourselves with people. So seeking out and surrounding ourselves with people who can. Right. So now yeah. I'm starting to put myself in places where people can pour into me. You know, um, making myself the small fish in the big pond. Right. And mm. it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable, and I have been, I've had to do this a lot more lately in entrepreneurship, right? You know, and I'm joining these master classes and getting into this class and investing in myself and all that stuff, or whatever. And it's super uncomfortable because I'm used to being the boss person in the room. I'm, I'm used to being the alpha, you know. Right. And now I'm in a room with other people with millionaire mindsets, right? I'm trying to learn this. I'm trying to get this right. information, yeah. but it's uncomfortable because I'm a small person. I don't know how to be a small person, you know. Outside of dimming my shine, but now that I've decided I'm not dimming my shine anymore, now, but now I'm trying to I'm trying to pull from these other spaces and all that. Um, but it feels good. It feels is uncomfortable, but it feels good when somebody is encouraging me. It feels yeah. good when somebody is pouring into me, you know. Um, and, and, and in my personal life, I'm doing the same thing. Like, if, if 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 you always calling me for something and I can't call on you for nothing, we're not friends. We're not friends. It's got to be reciprocal. You know, I'm not going to continue to pour into an empty cup with a hole in it. You know, because right. you can never fill up enough to pour back. You know, and you're not doing nothing to, to patch your hole either. You know, uh, because people will lean on you as a stronger person and they lean and they lean and you toppling over, right? Right, but they're not gonna, they're not they, they don't have the capacity, they don't have the strength to pull you up because they're not doing anything on their end to help this situation, you know. Um, and, and I'm sure you hate this one. I'm, I'm gonna come to you, I'm gonna ask you for the advice. Uh, I need all this help, blah, blah blah blah. You help, you help, you help, you help, and they're in the same situation over and over again. How yeah, many true. times? How many times you you come coming to me to vent and and complain, not even vent, to complain because you're not doing anything to change your situation. Right. Mm -hmm.
0: You
1: know, we can't tell people how to heal. We can't tell people how long it takes to heal. But, man, you got to be doing something. You got to be doing something. Even if you don't step your foot in the therapy office, we are in the age of information. Read Mm -hmm. an article. Read a book. Get a journal. Go to YouTube. Look at a podcast, like you know, listen to podcasts, but they got so much information available, you know, and yeah, you do you have to cipher through it to figure out what's good information for you? Absolutely, just like anything else.
0: Exactly. You know what I'm saying?
1: But like do something. Do something to help yourself because you can't be sitting there miserable all the time and not doing anything about it. That doesn't make sense. That
0: that's a mentality mindset. You right, because I deal with that sometimes myself. So you know, that's why I say so many people in the black community are afraid to face the mental health issues that they deal with, whether it's depression, bipolar, schizophrenia. We get afraid of the big words, and then we like, oh no, the biggest line is it ain't me. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> it ain't me. People say, oh no, that wouldn't be me, and then the whole time behind closed doors, you but but it is, but the it is you the you whole time, you. right? It's you. You <laughs> The whole time. So it's like, you. <laughs> I feel like we should be more comfortable enough instead of looking down like, oh, you got a therapist. Oh, what's, what's wrong with you? Well, maybe I just yeah. feel, you know what I'm saying? Or such right. and such, got such and such me over there talking to, mm-hmm. you know, we yeah. need to stop doing that. I feel as a community, yeah. we should, you know, encourage each other to talk to somebody because maybe that might save a life. That might oh, you yeah. know, save a person from doing something they really had no business doing. Or, you know, right. sometimes it just gives a person an opportunity to be heard if they feel like they're not being heard. Well, why you want to pay somebody to listen to you? Because if That's I tell you you're going to be you gonna <laughs> tell Tom, Dick, and Harry. I can go pay him <laughs> yep. or her. And then we got a non-disclosure agreement. They
1: bound by me. law, not you to say see, a they word. say
0: nothing.
1: They so say nothing. Show,
0: and it's crazy because when I first started college, I, I wanted to be a child psychologist. And then I was like, mm-hmm. I'm, I get too emotionally attached. So, do you find yourself sometimes getting emotionally attached to your your clients and their mm-hmm. situations? You know, what I'm saying? it's the human, <laughs> you, know? It you
1: know. And I and they teach us in school, like you know, to stay detached and all that kind of stuff. I just don't see how you can help people without being attached. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, like it's I, I, you know, I, like I worked in in um with kids for years and foster care because they're for, in, in that uh, arena too it's like you know don't get attached and don't hug them and don't because they got trauma and i was like an appropriate hug can heal <laughs> you know and so <laughs> an appropriate hug and because we need physical touch yeah. to survive yeah. babies that don't get physical touch have failure to thrive you know and stuff when they when you come out your mama's womb they put all put you on that a chest because you need that touch you know and stuff like that and so yeah i get attached yeah i get attached you know i i, I and i like and that's which is why i encourage people to be consistent in their therapy because i'm like man you told me this story like a month ago we it's like we starting over again you need to
0: right.
1: show <laughs> you know right <laughs> and, and i'm vested i'm truly vested like i said this is and and i can't talk for every therapist i can talk for me um because again this is this is not just a profession for me like this is a mission this is a goal this is like my purpose right Mm -hmm. and because it's a purpose i gotta be attached to it i gotta be attached to the people when people fall out of therapy yeah i get sad you know when people ain't ready to move forward yes i get sad you know but everybody has their journey that they have to be on and something i have to realize that sometimes you know uh, that there's a um a scripture in the bible that talks about um one man watereth, one one man one man plant one man watereth, and god gives the increase yeah mm-hmm. and so I have to realize I might not be in that position to help them to the end of the road, but maybe I'm the planter you know maybe I'm just point, supposed to plant the seed maybe I'm part of their watering phase you know and all that and maybe that it'd be somebody else or something else you know and all that but just to uh, play the role that I have in that very moment. I also had to, my one of my last, my mama's last words to me uh, before she even passed away was like, you know, you take care of everybody else, you take care of yourself and you can't save everybody. I had to get out of that. Yeah. I had to get out of that. You can't save everybody. You know, not every kid, not every adult, you cannot save everybody, right? And mm-hmm. then I started to recognize I am not the savior. You are the savior of yourself. You know, I am a I'm I'm a healer, but I'm a guide. You know, I'm like the doctor, I'm going to do the surgery, right? But you got to do the healing part. You got to sit still, follow the instructions, take care of yourself, do the physical therapy, whatever it is you got to do, you know, that. So it's the same thing for me that, okay, if you come and see me once a week, the real, ha- the, I tell everybody, the real magic works and happens in between sessions. Yeah. You know the real magic works is when we talk about a thing and we recognize the thing that you go and you journaling it, and when your feelings arise, you dealing with them and you processing them, and you're not yelling at your kids. You go into your room and you are meditating. <laughs> you know, um, you using your art, right? You you writing a book, you writing a poem, you you know you expressing that thing in a way that's healthy rather than harmful, right? You right. know you 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 are accepting the losses that's happened and seeing the lesson in every bad thing that's ever happened to you because things don't happen to you, they happen for you, right? Yeah. You know, yeah, true. there's a lesson in every obstacle, right? Because if we didn't have no obstacles, we wouldn't grow. We would just sit stagnant in our in our space because nothing bad is happening. We ain't got to pivot. You know what I'm saying? You know, and, and we good at pivoting, especially as a culture of black people, we are very resilient. You know what I'm saying? You see where we come from and yep. we've had to endure and still enduring, right? And we're still doing it. We're still making it, you know? Do they have mm-hmm. some of us that's still down there, you know, stuck in the bad mindset? Yeah. But it's our job as a community to help those people as much as possible to elevate,
0: okay. right? That and so, and that's
1: different. why I, I intentionally work with the communities that I work with. These are people that have trouble having getting access we come from households. It's like, don't, you can't, don't, don't put my business in the street.
0: Right. Yeah. In my house stays Stayed in my house. house. Yeah. I was talking about yes. that. We did an episode uh, mm-hmm. on the podcast and it was childhood trauma versus adulthood trauma. And I yeah. had some people on and we were talking about it. And that's, that's something we all can agree with. That was said, what happens in this house stays in this house. And I feel like, mm-hmm. no, Cause sometimes you might need to reach outside this household to get some help, you know. And I feel like a lot of people was raised that way, and it's not—I don't—I never agreed with that, you know what I'm saying? Because they worried about what Sister Jean gonna think at church, or, or you know what they said, and it's like, it, it causes us to not be able to communicate. I think that stopped right. me from communicating on a lot of things with people because it was a what happens here. Don't don't throw outside this household what what happened. And maybe I mm-hmm. should have because the right. way that you're handling this situation is not the way it's not going to help me later on in life. You know, That's as right. I get older I realize that and I'm just like, dang. My granny yeah. was the best granny in the world, but some ways that you handle situations, granny. Relations. <laughs> it's like, right. it it's right. affecting me in my 33 mm-hmm. years of living right now. Exactly. Because I thought that was the right way to do it. You know what I'm right. saying? Um, being a product of the LGBTQ community, how do you feel therapy help could help us?
1: First of all, I didn't even my, discover my bisexuality until I was like
0: 25. I didn't. Okay? I did. You know did why? In 19. So I understand.
1: So you know why? Because we're not allowed to talk about it. <laughs> right. The stigma. Right? right? Dare I not say that I thought a woman was fine? No, no, no. Now she's just not pretty. Like a girl says she's pretty. Like, no, she's fine. <laughs> right? right? And stuff. So, <laughs> like, you dare not say that. Right, because you you will get you know the tongue yeah, lashing, you yeah. know what I'm saying, and all that. What's wrong with you? And that ain't right. Not, you know, again that stigma and and you know the the um you know the judgment, you know of what is right and not right, and all that kind of stuff. Right, and religion and all that kind of crap. Right, mm-hmm. um, and stuff like that. Um, so because we we deal with big stigma and 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 being bisexual is at the lower end, especially as a female. That's more accepted than anything else. Right. People don't be right. understanding,
0: You know, they don't hear. Please don't
1: know. be transgender, like, cause you know, trans. That's the biggest attack is on transgender, right, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I tell people all the time, you ain't got to understand it to respect it.
0: You know, uh, and, and you I'm to starting to feel to that way, it. cause a lot of people are like, when did you start liking it? girls or? you knew how did you you know the, the the demeanor that you get from some people and you'd be like well shit, I, you know it's like i i didn't know i, I, had been this
1: this. Way, I just didn't have the freedom
0: yeah i think it, for me it was feelings i didn't know i had exactly it mm-hmm. was like because you know yeah. for years i didn't think i was i wasn't interested and then it's like when i started becoming like i said i i discovered that in two thousand and nineteen. So Mm -hmm. I'm new to this. I'm new, like, you know, they'll tell me, you new to this. You new in here. You you know, you getting your... (laughs) And then people be like, well, you not really... You're not really... Then they question the validity of that. Yeah. Like, are you going to tell me how I feel? But I never thought, you know, I never knew that those feelings was inside of me. So I feel like, you know, now it's hard to talk about it with certain people because they stuck in their ways or, Mm -hmm. you know... People are very judgmental. And then you don't want them to think like, well, are oh, you been looking at me all this time? Because no. <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite. No. That's my, that's my favorite one. And the other
1: one that's my favorite um, is well, how how a kid know whether they like the same sex or not. And I always do this. I, this is my favorite thing to do. What's the first look? Especially if it's a guy. What's the first little girl you liked at school? How old you was? Oh, it was so-and-so in preschool or so-and-so in kindergarten. And tell me tell me about her, what, what you liked about her. I, I make them go through the whole experience because you remember that first crush when you yeah. was middle, right? Mm-hmm. And they go through the thing and she was this and she was that. She had long hair, blah, 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 blah. I said, but you knew you liked her, huh? <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> yeah, I want her to be my girlfriend. I say, same thing with everybody else then. Yeah. So, what you mean, somebody that's five or four, don't, don't can't don't know if they are attracted to the same sex or not? I say yeah. that's a societal standard and norm. You know, maybe that child that don't seem like they like nobody, they can't freely like who they like because of societal standards and norms. You mm-hmm. think they weird, they just homosexual. <laughs> you right. know what I'm saying? So you right. don't like new, you don't like no right. girls. Mm-mm. But in his head, he's like, "But I like the little boy, you know? oh,
0: yeah. though." Right. <laughs> like, but, oh, but he, he can't. can't it. Yeah,
1: not, not socially acceptable. And uh, so again, we're teaching kids. You know, you're, you're teaching a child, and I know there's so much, especially so much controversy when it's like transgender and all that kind of stuff, or whatever, or whatever. Um, if you can let your child dress up like Superman, let them dress how they feel like dressing you know right. what i'm saying i just don't see it as a huge deal if we don't stigmatize it you know what i'm saying um you're teaching if, if you because even like the gender roles that we do that we teach right you mm-hmm. know men's supposed to put out the trash well damn and i'm a single parent and i'm a mama and i ain't got no man up here so i can't never touch the trash
0: Right? <laughs> like, yeah true so it's the right.
1: same kind of concept for me that like we're teaching roles of things and how you're supposed to dress or the idea that you know something as simple as pink is for girls but what if this little boy like pink and genuinely he likes that color so he can't choose or wear pink because it's for girls like that's just a bunch of bullshit it's a color you know what Mm -hmm. i'm saying and so i just think we just we create these these particular things that we think things should the way things should be right and like you say even within our community our lgbtq community you know there's still stigma within the my son-in-law was just talking about this earlier he's hispanic um and transgender um and he's like mama why do people within minority communities like why we hate on each other why we like you know and he talked about a situation about this lady who was obviously hispanic because she was speaking in spanish as well and she was just talking about because the mexicans this and the mexicans that right mm-hmm. and stuff he was like why do people do that like you recognize that you you are also a <laughs> minority right, right. again is yay told y'all a long time time ago and when his older songs they taught us to hate ourselves and love their wealth you know it's it's self-hate, right? right? You know, it's self-hate, you know. I know one lady who um, identifies as white, her grandfather, not great-grandfather, not great-great-grandfather. Her grandfather is from Mexico, and her dad, and as her dad's dad, and her dad um, mostly identifies as white and kind of denounces that, right? Which mm-hmm. taught her the same thing, Right. So now she doesn't even feel enough value within the self to identify with the Hispanic community. Right. Cause she, she feel like she don't even deserve it, (laughs) you know, and all that. So like, it can go both ways and all that, you know, Um, and people who are like white, white presenting who have, you know, minority heritage and all that kind of stuff. Like, You've heard about it in in the black communities back in the day. If you was passing for white, you know, then you got to make some choices. Do I I take advantage of the privilege of that? Or do I stay down with my people? Or, you know, like, what do I do? Right. But whatever privilege that you do have. Right. Um, Like I said, my my, my daughter and her husband, um, they present as as a hetero couple. Right. And I told him because he was like, sometimes I feel guilty about that and other times you know um you know, cuz like he wants to stand up and he wants to you know and i said this is the thing so now you operate in 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 a certain privilege that you present as a hetero couple right mm-hmm. so use that to your advantage not just for you but for the community you know what i'm saying use your privilege I, I i i know white people that they like i know I'm privileged but i would want to use the privilege that i have to speak on behalf of those who don't have it, right? So it's all about using what you have to help each other. Again, we all connected. So what you gonna do to help your fellow man,
0: you know? That's dope, man. Like to be able to communicate with people and talk to them about what's going on and, and to be able to relate to so much, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, I feel as if talking to you today made me realize it's okay. It is. It's okay. Like, not even just with the LGBTQ community, just in life in general, though. It's okay. If you want to talk to somebody, go ahead and talk to somebody. Yeah. You know, about it. And you it don't because, have to be in
1: distress. Like right. earlier, you said, sometimes you just need to unload. That first few sessions is usually an unloading session. We ain't even got to know deep, deep stuff. It's just like, I feel like this, you know? Did, and in my set, and when I do therapy, I um I tell people we dig into the past when we have to, but we don't live there, right? Mm. Um, we, we're not staying stuck in the thing that happened to you because it's over, it happened. We gotta deal with the repercussions of what happened and how to heal you from it, right? So we reach back there, we get the stuff, we understand the thing. Oh, I do this because my mama did blah 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 blah. But then we bring it to the present and say, okay, now how can I heal that and become better and stuff like that. And so but most of the time it's like it's just unloading. You're getting all the stuff week by week or every two weeks or whatever. You know, um, I say, I'm at a great point in my journey now. I'm not letting my therapist go. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm like four weeks six one. weeks. I need to check in. I need to like I have moments like and I'm like, oh, my my, my my messed up attachment style is kicking in, or you know. I'm having some intrusive thoughts or, you know, help me get through this moment, right? And stuff. Transitions. We continue to go through transitions in life. You know, a kid coming out of high school is transitioning into adulthood. They can use a therapist for that to help navigate those feelings of fear and and uncertainty. And, you know, oh, well, I'm about to get married. What marriage is going to be like? Oh, that's a transition. Let's talk about that. I'm about to be a new mama. Well, let's talk about that. Well, you know Mm -hmm. what? My kid having a transition. I need to talk about that. I don't know how to deal with my kid because they're running off and they acting a fool. I don't know what's wrong with them. but well, let's not talk about what's wrong with them, let's talk about what happened. You know, stop right. looking at people like what's wrong with you? What happened to you? Right. And what do you need to do to help heal that thing, to alleviate that pain? Because we all just operating in that heavy pain that we're carrying. And we need to release it and let it go so that we can grow and heal and you know become one with the universe.
0: You know what I'm saying? And see, that's what I need help with, trying to figure out a lot. That's why I say, girl, I might have to call you. Might have to call uh, you. <laughs> I might you have to know. join yeah. the team because yeah. it's it's hard. Like I said, it's hard. You know, and then we get looked at with like mental health issues. People always look at it like a bad thing. You know, depression yeah. is a form of mental health issues. A big, yeah. the, like one of the biggest, if you ask me, because you yeah. never yeah, you yeah, yeah. never know that a person behind that smile go home behind closed doors and they cry and then they just down and they, you know, and then, then you see them at work tomorrow. They be like, hey, you know, you're, hey. You're, you know, and we do you our be best like, asking all the time.
1: Yeah. You know? and, um, I remember and I remember when, when uh,
0: remember I Twitch? I do, I do that when a lot. I, I ball up. I, I, I call it ball up like a piece of paper. You know, I'm all mm-hmm. up. I don't say nothing, and then the next day I get up, and it's like, huh? Well, you mm-hmm. know, and all but you're doing is you're
1: stuffing. Stu- yeah. You're just stuffing and stuffing
0: and stuff. And guess what's gonna happen? It's
1: gonna get to the point that you're not gonna be able to hold it no more. And yeah. usually, because my yeah. other phrase I say all the time is, "What's in you has to come out of you," and you have to make a choice on how it's gonna come out. Because if you, because it's gonna come out regardless, right? It's going to come out. And you're going to keep stuffing until there's no more room in your body and your spirit and your mind to hold it. And that's when we wind up going to jail, <laughs> you know, yeah. getting ourselves healed. Um, you know, like some craziness comes out, you know what I'm saying?
0: You know, hell, most child abuse afraid. happens because some parents are overboiled. Yeah, yeah. I, I know? because I get afraid because, I, like you said, I stuff so much, you know, and. One time I just went on and just let it all out. But the way I did, I exploded. And my family sent me to Pine Rest to the crazy place. And I was hurt because it's like, I don't never express myself. And when I finally do, but when you did, y'all you tried to say I'm crazy and I ain't crazy. These are really? my feelings. I just don't, I just let yeah. y'all step over and step over. So it's like, I've been in a resentment state. Like, I ain't talking to these people because they, if I tell them something or if I say something it's going to be used against me as y'all going to be trying to lock me yes, up. So now right. it, I'm, I'm afraid right. to, but I feel like me transitioning, like you say, everything is a transition. So me becoming a podcaster is a transition into my yes. life. This is new for right. me. Being a published yes. author, okay, I had publishers, but now I'm self-published. That's a transition because okay. now I have to do everything myself. I'm learning. Yeah. I'm, I became the CEO of my own publishing company. You know what I'm saying? Come but on, it's huh? like, I don't know what to do, and I was like, yeah. people be like, oh well, you you this and that. no, I don't. I'm trying to, I'm learning. But when are you going I'm to start learning. publishing people? When I feel that I've I once, can do that.
1: You once know, I, I'm, once I get I'm, this, yeah, like right. a well-oiled
0: machine, then I can do that. Right. So you know, as soon as they they automatically think like, oh, you you balling. No, I'm not. Like no, I, I'm not. investing more than I'm getting out of this. Y'all don't understand. Can you tell people that's how we start. <laughs> like we invested more into this. I'm spending more money to show y'all right. what I'm doing than I'm making right. y'all actually. Right. And then, like, that's it's a, a transition when you, like, I tell people, like, I, I, I think that by you knowing me and we grew up together, I feel that y'all should automatically support me. But yeah. I'm transitioning into that. that yeah. I get more love from people I don't even know than the people that I do know. That's the transition because yeah. then you like, you don't know how to take it sometimes. So people don't understand mm-hmm. it. That's why I feel like, I'm ready to accept the fact that I want to talk to somebody because I want to continue on transitioning in my journey, but I don't want to keep bringing this baggage with me. And it Absolutely. feels like I'm rebuilding myself, but I feel like I'm on this elevator shaft and I'm trying to go yeah. up floors and I'm steady bringing the, the, from stuff with me from the previous floor, you know, like right. I'm trying to elevate and then oh, I'm taking this year. with that's me. Good. So now I'm that's on level good. six. But I'm still carrying what happened from level one, and it's, yeah. I'm trying. I don't know you how to let it some stuff go. off your elevator. Yeah, girl, it's, it's full, and I'm ready to let it go because mm-hmm. I'm not elevating in mm-hmm. what I want to do because mm-hmm. I'm stuck. I can admit that I'm mm-hmm. stuck, and I'm trying to right. figure it out because I want my daughter to look at me and be like, "Okay, Mama made it through this, and this is how you handle this. This is how you carry your situation. This is how you do it." But I'm in a position right now. I'm stuck. I'm like, man, I got all this stuff going on. I tell my friend like. I'm really, you know, just got to the point, I was scared of success. What if this really works? Bruh! <laughs> Bruh! <laughs> Who <are> you telling? <laughs> so That's the transition, you know? It's, and a, it's real really, like, a real thing. Like a real thing. Like, you're be so used to things going wrong, you know how to handle what things go wrong. So, what yeah. if this yeah. go We're right? To being in crisis.
1: It's like, it's learning how to live in crisis mode. And so, you always in crisis. You don't know how to deal with the calm of things. You don't know how to deal when everything is quiet. You don't know how to deal when things are going well. So you're just waiting for the shoe to drop all the time, like something about to, something about to go, something about to go down. I don't know what it is, but it's about to go down, right? And I just need to be prepared for that thing. And you can't prepare for everything, especially when you're in a new arena, right? You know, and and yeah, stuff is gonna happen. That's just how life goes. Like, and I tell people all the time, life has ups and downs, right? How we handle them is in, in our mentality toward them is going gonna, is to gonna be what makes the difference. Life is not going to stop lifing. It's going to keep doing what it do. But your perspective exactly. will change it from it looking like this, like way up and down to this. Just a flow. It's going to go up and down. It's going to go up and down. It's going to go up and down. But my perspective now is when something happens, I'm like, ah, a thing is happening. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I don't like it. It feels uncomfortable. I can't stand this, but I know I'm gonna get something out of it. I know there's a lesson coming. I know uh, i universe. What, what I'm supposed to learn from this? one Because I don't like. Can you can you make it hurry up though? You right. know, <laughs> not right now. I'm trying to speed to the lesson. I'm like, okay, let's journal this. What I'm supposed to get out? What can I possibly get out of this situation? Because I need to get this crap over with, right? And all that, and you know. But it. But but now it's different. Whereas before. It would have felt catastrophic right it would have felt like my world was ending it would have felt like oh lord have mercy not me why me lord why me you know well why not you you got you got growing to do you got something you need to learn right mm-hmm. and if the same thing keep happening over and over again then you're not learning the lesson that you're supposed to be learning you know i, I listen to women who are like i keep attracting the same kind of dude well who is it is a it dude is it you? Right. why are you attracted Right, what is it about you that keep attracting assholes? So let's work on, you know, your asshole meter. <laughs> yeah, that part.
0: yeah, you know, right. I used
1: to have victim across my forehead too. Now I have no bullshit across my forehead, and some guys don't even come in my vicinity. Myself in such a way that like, oh, she's not taking no shit on nobody. I'm not even going over there try to talk shit to her. <laughs>
0: because you have certain
1: aura about yourself,
0: right? Exactly. You know,
1: and so, um. You know, and 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 it can feel lonely. It can feel lonely because the more you elevate, the more you grow, the less people are up there or whatever. But keep surrounding yourself with the people that's pouring into you, you know. And, and, and you being an author and stuff like that too, like you can pour so much into these books and, you know, and helping people in that way, even through fiction. Like how many stories can you come up with about situations and all that that can help people to read that and see themselves, right?
0: right that's therapy
1: too that's therapeutic it's therapeutic and and maybe somebody might read one of them books and be like you know what i think i might go need to go see a therapist i think i might need to go get some help with this thing because people can see better when it's outside of themselves then they're Mm -hmm. like oh wait that's that's me that's me you know which is why even in therapy for myself I, i i do that in a different way too because i share stories of my own right and it's totally against all the things they teach you in school because they're like no disclosure um but we are storytellers especially as black people you know what i'm saying that that's that's how we used to learn like villagers would tell the storyteller or whatever of the village would tell you the stories of the past and the things that went on and this is how we learned and this is how we learned this and you know like Mm -hmm. jesus spoke in parables right those are stories you know what i'm saying and so if I have a story that I know will help you, why wouldn't I tell it? Right, why would not tell it? You know, and stop. And I and I get the concept is you're not trying to change from being the therapist to the counselor. Mm. I mean, to the client, right, and all that. But again, that means you need to be working on your work so that you can tell the story, get in there, all right, get the get get the point done, and then jump out. You're not, you know, you're not spilling your beans for them. To, to help you you just trying to say okay here's an example here's what i did what you think about that and sometimes i tell a story and i i have one purpose and that person can get a whole nother purpose out of it i'm like that's just spiritual universal god like shit right there <laughs> you know <laughs> like i can't even that wasn't me dog that wasn't me right <laughs> you, know? you know that was, beyond me. That was supernatural you know, and stuff like that, so we I just keep doing what I'm doing We like need people like you in the
0: world, because uh, we, we really need people like you to talk to, Thank. You. we Thank really you. do, because yes. I, the, the vibe, you know what I'm saying, I feel like I feel comfortable talking, I'm supposed to be interviewing you, and I'm just like, you You know, I had a couple of people be like, I feel like I got a free therapy
1: session today because yeah, I, I mean, all it, all again, good, this
0: is but, it's me, you know <laughs> But it it feels good, though. How how comfortable you made me feel to be able to share and talk to you, we need that. Yeah. As individuals, because people, like I said, it's not always easy to talk to people. So, you know, we need you as individuals. And I'm getting your information after this because I I think I want to, you know, become, become a part of the team. I need help. But a lot, yeah, wanna, a lot of us don't want to. A lot of us don't want to admit mentally that we need help. So yeah, you know what, what I'm saying. Weird. And I want to somebody, scene, right? I wanna talk to somebody. I want to talk to somebody that's gonna give it to me with no bullshit. Come on, bro. You know people don't really people think they want bullshit, but they don't. I don't. Wanna, <laughs> I don't, don't. want to sugarcoat it. You know, my granny was tough on me, so I want you it straightforward. But if um, yeah. somebody, and I think that's how become, most of us grew up with tough parents. Yeah. So I don't think like that.
1: We need, we need that toughness.
0: Yes. So if somebody wanted to get with you, how can we
1: find you? Go to my website is the easiest thing. Um, I am a solopreneur. I do have a business phone number, but I barely answer it. I had to call you back. And I got ADHD, so I'll probably forget. <laughs> See, that's real honest, okay? Um, <laughs> I am just developing my team because I, you know, so I've been doing this by myself for a minute. But I'm starting to develop a team and my girls are helping and all that. But the website is the easiest um, because all of my information is on there. um, And that's choosingempowerment.com. I just started a podcast that I have not because y'all know it's hard to start a new thing. Um, (laughs) But I'm working on my podcast. It's called Fuck the Bullshit Podcast. Um, And I'm going to get back into that really soon. Uh, But there's one little episode on there, little intro. And um, I also have. Speaking of group, groups and comu- community, I have a lot of Facebook groups that I try to do that I develop as a part of just just getting people together to talk about the things and all that. Um, and there's some of something for everybody. There's a cycle breaker village, um, black cycle breaking men, black cycle breaking women, cycle breaking people of color, cycle breaker single parents, cycle breaker LGBTQIA. Incarceration cycle breakers And foster adoptive uh, cycle breakers um, Just so each You know, the village is for everybody Anybody inclusive in that But I broke those other things down So you can have a safe space, right okay. You know um, So if you're not part of the LGBTQ community Don't try to get in that group Because we're not about no bullshit in that group You know what I'm saying If you ain't living our life Then I don't need your opinion You know? right. if, if you're not a black woman Then don't get in the black woman group because we're going to talk things in in the in the way we talk about them, right? And I don't need nobody in there being offended because you're not a Black woman, you know, um, which is why I separated it out like that, you know, and especially for my Black men because they don't feel safe at all. Right. And they need a space where they can say what is on their mind without judgment, without stigma, without a woman having five things to say about it or judging them and all that kind of stuff, Right so literally, I think I'm the only female in that group, and that's just as a therapist. And I only ask the questions. I don't make comments, <laughs> like, because it's not my group. I'm not a Black man, you know. Um, so I created those Facebook groups for that same purpose. Um, and right now, I'm accepting people for individual therapy. I am also a training ground for Black and um, therapists of color or allies. If you're white and you want to work with a community and you can feel us and understand us, then let's go. You know, so I do supervision. I'm getting my supervisions license in Texas. I already have my supervisions license in Louisiana. Uh, Therapist that's coming out of school. I do. You can do internships while you're still in school at at my practice. Um, You can do uh, your your uh, supervision. You're trying to get your hours so you can become licensed. Come on. Let's do it, cause I'm trying to build a practice of no bullshit therapists like myself, cause I can't see everybody. <laughs> right. Know. Um, I, I, you know, I can't see everybody, and I'm and I'm gonna start doing some um therapy and support groups as well. That's gonna be um very economically priced, so everybody can get in and start. Cause, cause sometimes it, you don't have the ability to do the individual, you know, availability whether it's availability, price, or what. I'm a barrier breaker, so so. Um, I'm gonna find a price point that's comfortable for folk, you know, and we are gonna start seeing instead of doing just one on one, one on ten, five, you know. But you can get in there, and then you can build a community as well while you're working on the things and all that kind of stuff. So we 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 growing. We doing some things. I know I got some books in me too. Man, I'll let you about that publishing, you know. <laughs> um, you know, I got, I got I got lots of stuff on the burner.
0: You know,
1: That's as I build
0: up. my team and I'm able to start doing those things, you know. That's what's up. Y'all check her out. You know what I'm saying? Y'all got to get with her. No bullshit. You know what I'm saying? We got to quit dealing with the bullshit, period. I want to say it's thank you bullshit. so much for coming on the show today. I would love to have you again because we're going to talk. I want to get more into mental health. And it's always good to have people yeah that know what they talking about. Maybe we can get a group discussion going yeah. on and do a, a podcast. That'd be good. And um, to talk about mental mm-hmm. health and things like that. And I think we could do that. So I'm definitely going to set that up with you because um, I do lives um, every Sunday at eight o'clock and um, we just talk about different mm-hmm. stuff. Topics are different. And a lot of people been writing me telling me I yeah. should do something about mental health. Because we don't talk about it, so I, I let me know when you when you
1: want me ask this. Yes, yes.
0: Let me know when you I got you. Want you. Me. I, got I you. definitely would love to. But I really want to thank y'all for tuning in. Y'all catch us if you missed it. Go on YouTube, all streaming platforms by later on tonight. Y'all be able to sit back and listen to us and check us out. Once again, thank you so much for coming on Lola's Chronicles. Y'all tap in. Love y'all. The way out.